Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Iz. Hi, Em. You want to know something not on my bingo card this week? What? Chris Bassett hitting on Giselle and Ashley. No, this Potomac trailer took me out. I mean, there's one million things to analyze in just these few minutes, but the Chris Bassett of it all really rocked me. I mean, I guess because that was like the most unexpected thing, but also Ashley sitting there and saying she's going to buy a house with Michael. I was so excited to see her just like really say, fuck you, Michael, like we're over this. And I get that there's a lot of elements with the kids, but- That moment when Karen turns to her and is like, this is not a divorce. I wanted to be like, yes, tell her. Well, that's how we've all felt. I mean, I feel like since the second we saw him on our screen, we've just been dying for her to get away from him. So I almost feel when she said the house line, it was like we were being slightly blue-balled. So it's like, wait a second. We thought we just now succeeded. Right. And Candace saying like, I am elated to have Ashley away from her crusty husband. I'm like, yes, that exactly describes my feelings, elated. And you see Ashley doing this like sexy photo shoot that we saw where she was so on fire and posted that, I think within days after announcing the divorce, it just, that made me really happy because seeing Ashley in her single era. Also, when they say you were hooking up with a hockey player, that was what we exactly said when we were trying to think of who she could possibly date next. Oh, you're saying like a successful and very attractive athlete. Yeah. Or just literally anybody else besides Michael Darby, honestly. That's really the requirement. (laughs) The bar was so low. I would have been satisfied if you're so right with literally anybody. If I was going to make her a dating profile, it would just say my type, not Michael Darby. (laughs) Anyone else. Like literally, if you have a pulse, you are eligible except for that one person. Also, not only do we get Peter Thomas on the Atlanta season finale, but we get him in the Potomac trailer as a potential hooking up with Giselle plotline. Big week for Peter Thomas. Huge week for Peter Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest week he's had in years. 
<laughs> years. Oh my God. He stepped out of the spotlight for all these years. And then boom, one week in September, it's like the biggest, biggest <laughs> week for Peter Thomas he's ever seen. <laughs> Also, one thing about Robin and Juan, they are going to have really intense conversations at the most inopportune time. Of course they are. I mean, look, is this conversation the most organic thing? I don't know. I just want to see them win. And it's really frustrating when they both sort of sabotage it and also that their distrust and the wounds from their last breakup come out. It's like really sad for me because I just love them. It's so hard to remember back to how we felt last season, but I remember always liking Juan. And then there being a few conversations that he had with Robin where I was like, you know what? I don't love the way that he handled that because I felt like she wasn't able to fully get across her message without him almost getting defensive. Mm -hmm. And I do think some of that just comes from the uncomfortability of filming, but I'm curious to see how that plays out here. Cause you got a little hint of that just even in the trailer. They both are open to having the hard conversations on camera, maybe him less, but they do it anyway. So We'll get to see that for sure. I wasn't counting on a Karen Huger potential stepping out on Ray. No, no. I feel like they've always hinted at things about Karen and Ray stepping out on each other, but this feels more like legit. Like Karen went out with a specific man out of town, not like, oh, they just have eyes for other people. Wait, so, are you, you're going to tell me that the Hugers are swingers? No, not that they're swingers, but they just like... <laughs> I don't think they do it together, which is sad. I like when they do things together. I was going to say, now we're talking. Yeah, I know. I just, I know Karen is not going to handle that well. And seeing her get that that worked up in that one part about her mom to Sharice. Sharice, the most iconic, is back. I can't believe I've been four minutes without mentioning Sharice. She's back as a friend of this season. She was on seasons one, two. She was a friend of on three. She was a guest in a couple seasons. And now she's back as a friend of... Let me tell you something. Since day one, the minute she left that franchise, I have been advocating for her return. And this was a goddamn smart move. Not that they needed her by any means, but she is like, to me, the definition of what a natural housewife is, where she has this like nonchalant, doesn't give a fuck attitude, but she is a master pot stirrer and not afraid to go there. So I just can't wait to see how she interacts with this new iteration of the cast and also probably is able to get under the skin of like Giselle and Karen because she knows them for so long and knows exactly how they play the game. Right. And also it's not like she's this newbie that they can almost Vicky Gunvalson, you know? Like, yes. I think that specifically for Giselle, it's important when she's met with someone where it's kind of like an even match. Right. If there's one thing we're going to do, it's mention Vicky Gunvalson anytime there's a new girl and there's a possibility that the cast is going to haze them. <laughs> I mean, that was her claim to fame, was it not? No, I, it's a classic 101 Vicky move. Okay, so full disclosure before we get into the episode, Isabel and I are currently traveling out of the country. I'm actually recording this upstairs and she's recording downstairs from our room <laughs> at the moment. But anyway, so we're seven hours ahead. So there was no way that we would be able to watch Southern Charm and then record and release an episode on time for Friday. So we're doing this episode without Southern Charm just because time-wise we wouldn't be able to get it up if we waited. So want to set expectations going in. Yes, but we'll talk about it next week for sure. Also, I just wish you guys could see me and Isabel on her little bed huddled together in this hotel room watching Atlanta, turning to each other every time Dwight came on the screen. <laughs> no, turning to each other and literally dancing when they were playing that remix, fashion show with no fashions, fashion show with no fashions. <laughs> Neither of us say anything. And then all of a sudden we look at each other. We're like, you know, kind of slaps. It does slap. <laughs> literally, I want the Diplo remix like... 
now. Yesterday. <laughs> So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay, so for Beverly Hills, not to say this wasn't a stellar episode because it was, and I obviously want to talk about it at length, which by the way, if we thought we had a hard time not talking about episodes when we're not together before the podcast, it is physically impossible doing it when we're literally in the same hotel room. Yeah, no, it's impossible. I mean, we had a couple commentary things here and there, but I found myself really trying to hold it in and not make comments so that you could develop your own individual thoughts. <laughs> Watching this episode specifically was so like watching a sports game, like a ping pong match, a tennis match. Like It was literally the Serena US Open where you're watching everybody go back and forth and back and forth and trying to analyze every little thing and why they say that and also where each of them are coming from and maybe what end goal they're trying to work towards and an ulterior motive that they may have. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, what I was going to say is this was a stellar episode, but to me, my favorite part was that preview of the last two or so minutes where 
as we know, Kathy is trying to promote her Casa del Sol tequila and Rinna goes to the bar, name drops Kendall Jenner and then orders a shot of 818. And you see Kathy is really pissed, not only at Rinna, but specifically at Kyle for not kind of backing her up and not really stepping in. And that was such a key piece of information, which I know is going to continue to develop over the next you know few weeks. But that was a missing link that is now starting to add so much context. Well, you know, we love a layered moment. And to me, this is pretty much as layered as it gets, especially for us knowing the ins and outs of the family dynamics with the Kardashians and the Jenners, with Rinna's family, with also the Hiltons and the Richards and Kris Jenner and everything. There's so much Paris and Kim. So I don't think it actually had anything to do with Kendall. I think we all can agree that it really was just sort of like the vehicle in which Kathy was like able to be mad and express her frustration with Rinna. But also knowing what we've read and heard so much about this explosive Aspen trip, we're now seeing the pieces get put together of just the like tension in the room and the tension within the group. And also with Kathy's building frustration with Kyle, we hear so much all the time about their fights and feuds. And then when we see them laughing, having such a good time, we're sometimes like, how could they fight? Especially last season when we were just seeing this really happy-go-lucky Kathy who was so funny and had these like ditzy moments. We couldn't picture how all these years there's been so much trouble with the Richard sisters. And then slowly when we watched Paris in Love, her reality show, and saw this completely other real side of Kathy, we understood it. And now I feel like that is really trickling in and we're actually getting insight into like what the relationship has been like for all of these years. I mean, even that moment this episode where we both turned to each other when Kathy says to Kyle, like, Kyle, stop cursing. And Kyle's like, Kathy, like I'm in the middle of something here. That is just, to me, the insight that I I crave. Well, I mean, the difference is that when Kyle was fighting with Kim, most of that was televised. Kim was a housewife during their fighting years. When Kyle was fighting with Kathy, we all knew about it, but Kathy was kind of like this silent figure. Everyone knew who she was, but we had no idea as to how they could have potentially interacted because their fights were never documented. Right. So then last season, our understanding of Kyle and Kathy's relationship seemed beautiful. You know, yeah, we had heard of some things, but what we saw on screen was really positive. So now we're actually getting to witness the thing that we have been hearing about for so long. And you're right. It was really, really gratifying. I, I just wasn't expecting it to kind of go down in this way. And, you know, you see here how Rinna is very much involved because Rinna is the catalyst for the argument. Right. But also to me, Rinna is a representation of Kyle choosing her friendships with that group of women, specifically Dorit, Rinna, Erica, and Teddy whenever she's around. But that quote, Fox Force 5 group over her relationship with Kathy, at least in Kathy's eyes. I mean, that's the other part of this clip too that we didn't say is when she's like, and Rinna's ordering the tequila and Kyle just stands there and does nothing. And that, whether this specific moment was so impactful or not, it was just like a representation of Kathy's feelings about how Kyle doesn't stand up for her in this group and doesn't sort of have her back as her sister or really keep an eye on her in the way that Kathy feels she should be doing. 
I mean, the craziest thing about this episode to me was the aftermath on Twitter where Paris Hilton was getting really involved, not only liking a lot of tweets that were in support of Kathy, but also kind of speaking negatively about Kyle. But for example, someone wrote, Kathy was so cute, all excited to show the ladies the tequila. And then Kyle just scoffs at her. None of them even acted slightly interested. It was so sad to watch. And Paris retweeted and writes, so unkind. To me, that's a really big deal. Like to me, that's not show specific. That is current day. Paris Hilton is endorsing something that's basically talking negatively about Kyle. So clearly the riff isn't resolved. No. And also Paris is always so uninvolved in like the show and all of the nitty gritty of this, but that to me proves that things have not gotten better in real time. I mean, they're filming the Beverly Hills reunion either today or tomorrow. So I'm curious to see, there've been rumors online that one housewife isn't showing up in person. I think it will either be Diana or Kathy. I hope Kathy shows up, but I also would understand because I hate when these like deep sister fights go down on TV. Like it just hurts my heart so bad. And I think it always ends up making things worse for them. I was noticing something when watching with you yesterday that not to say I don't also feel impacted when Kyle and Kathy fight. I really don't like it. It does make me sad. But I think because you have one sister, it's your only sibling, and you're so, so, so close with her, that I was noticing I almost felt like you were personalizing it a little, you know, like it really hit you so deep because you were imagining how that could never, ever happen with you and Tess. And like, that's your worst nightmare. Right. No, it, it's true. And also, I think I understand because I think Kyle does feel that way. I think they all feel that way. And they feel like we're sisters. We have to stick together, but they have so many differences and they've let so much bullshit get in the way. A lot of it being the show, but also even before the show, money and Mauricio and Rick Hilton with him leaving to go start the agency and the real estate deals like crossing business and family. And then also just so many factors, like they have such a big family with so many moving pieces and a lot of fame and money involved in it, which always complicates things. But I think at the end of the day, like they always get swept up in the bullshit and always let that affect them. Where in reality, if they sort of just like brought it down to the basic level, they would be great sisters. And I think that they would want to do that to honor their mom and have this relationship to be the only family that each other has. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to say, you know, there's so much history that goes into that. I do think, you know, when people were saying like, listen, every single housewife in the history of housewives has their 10 or so minutes on the show. Some even have full episodes dedicated to kind of promoting their businesses, whether it's Rina Beauty or Fabellini or Tamara CBD, whatever the thing is. So we can give Kathy the 10 minutes. And I totally agree with that. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely do. I think that mocking her for wanting to kind of bring that into the group is ridiculous. Like she, at the end of the day, is a very smart businesswoman and it's nothing if not promotion, especially after the fight, because I think now people are going to buy Casa del Sol kind of in retaliation. But (laughs) it was funny, like the extent that some people were taking it to on Twitter, like poor Kathy, she's just trying to sell her tequila. It's like, I promise you, Kathy's going to be okay. Like, I agree with you. I wanted her to have that moment, but I promise you she's going to be okay without the publicity from Beverly Hills. Right. I think just when Kathy cares about something, she cares 100% and expects that she will get the same support. And I just felt like in that moment, even though it was such a casual moment and she was standing there saying, I want everyone to take a shot with me, feeling like Kyle was like whispering and talking to the other girls while she was trying to have her moment and that nobody wanted to take a shot, even though it was like 2 a.m. and they just come back from dinner. And that's just not the time everybody wanted to start taking tequila shots or everybody had their reason why they didn't want to take tequila shots. It, it definitely hurt and 
probably like bruised her ego, but also just made her feel sad and not included, which I think can happen to anybody, even if you're Kathy Hilton. Well, that's the thing, no matter who you are or whatever your kind of esteem is, you still have, you know, that inner child that I think does get a little bit hurt. Of course. Also, solely in terms of how she's perceived by the audience, if Rinna was stoned for more episodes, I think we would be in a totally different situation in terms of the way the public feels about her. The edit where it jumps to her just being like, my edible just hit, we were losing it. To me, that was so relatable. Not that exact moment, but when you're just sitting there and people are really going at it, it's you feel like you are in another reality. That's how we feel when our edible hits while we're watching Housewives. <laughs> True. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Let's get into the elephant in the room, which is obviously Erica and these earrings and Crystal and Garcelle for their beautiful execution of a line of questioning that felt warranted. This to me is the example of walking the walk. So many housewives have come and gone and said, if you have thoughts, say them to my face. If you have a question, ask me the question. But they did it. They went there and said, hey, we saw this article. Why wouldn't you do that? This, to me, in my personal opinion, looks bad. And I have more questions because I'm not going to believe everything I read in the news. But by the way, it is out there. It's all around. We're not going to ignore it. Like you said, an elephant in the room. And also, like if I'm going to still be friends with you, I kind of feel like this is a decision that really, really shows your character. And I also felt like it was their opportunity that they felt like, hey, I don't know if you want this advice, but personally, if it were me, I think you should give them up. Like, it's not a good look. And as a friend, I want to help you out here. Every single bullet, they hit it perfectly. And 
Obviously, Erica took the conversation to a level 10 and where it didn't need to go, but just solely from the crystal and Garcelle of it all, I felt it was handled so beautifully. It was. And also the fact that they stayed so calm, even when Erica really started to get more riled up, that only made them look better, you know? Right. Exactly. The thing that I'm always so amazed by about Erica, and I don't even know why I'm amazed because this is the behavior that she's consistently shown, but she has no ability to ever believe that maybe the person who's telling her something really does have good intentions and she doesn't need to be defensive as her automatic. Like if she could have just sat with that for a second and maybe tried to have a conversation, not only could it have potentially been productive, but she would have saved so much face in terms of how she looks, but she's so committed to vigorously defending herself that oftentimes I think the other person's message is just lost in it. I just think she has no chill. Like she has no chill. She can't ever just talk with someone. And it's kind of always been like that. I think for a lot of times we hadn't really seen her crack until they were in, I think, Amsterdam or Tokyo. And she had a couple of meltdowns on these trips, but I don't really know. I think she was always sort of just harsh and we couldn't read her, but I mean, these days she just, she can't keep it together. And you're right. Like these are two women coming at her very calmly. Of course, like a little bit of an attack. I see how she feels that way, but like, they're just asking questions about what they're reading. They're not accusing her of anything, but I think they wanted to know like, Hey, what do you think about this? And what is it from your perspective? She wasn't in court. Like she always pretends that she is in court whenever she has these moments. I understand on some level feeling like you need to be really careful with what you say. Of course, this entire thing is filmed and anything can be used against you. You know, it's all material. I get that. I just think that she lacks an ability to get in touch with the emotional side of it. And maybe that's a self-protection mechanism. I don't know what it is, but it comes off really, really terribly. Because when someone is point blank asking you, no one's saying you did anything wrong, but don't you feel a little sense of compassion? And for her to feel that even admitting any sort of compassion is making her look weak or making her look like she did something wrong. I don't know if that's solely legal advice. To me, some of that is also inside of her. You know, she she really does kind of lack that compassion that I think the majority of people do have. Well, I think that's sort of the overall issue with everything and that everybody has is the lack of compassion from start to finish with all of this for the victims, for what's going on, even honestly, in moments for Tom, for herself, for the people understanding what people around her may be going through who are linked to her. Like she just is missing an empathy chip. Right. And I still maintain, I don't think that in the thick of it, Erica had any idea of what was going on. I think Tom was doing some really shady business stuff and she just didn't ask any questions. Probably wasn't the best model, but I think that a lot of relationships work like that. It's not that stuff. It's the current day. And it's like, okay, well, this is the reality. And not to say that your life wasn't flipped upside down as well. And people can still you know, have empathy for that. It's just the lack of acknowledgement in, in such an intense way is very jarring. Well, I thought this was interesting because Diana posted on Instagram that she will be donating $100,000 to help the Lion Air flight victims' families. And to me, it's like, say what you want about Diana. And I don't think this was a shady thing towards Erica. I think it was sort of just like a, I'm a philanthropist and this is what I do. I hear about something that needs help and I help it. But how easy it was for her to say, okay, there's clearly people who are suffering. I don't know if I, quote, did it, 
in Erica's case or not, but I feel compassion for these families. I'm now aware of people who need help and I'm going to do something about it. And I just think Erica can't process that. Listen, the thing with Diana, even a broken clock is right twice a day. And that's how I felt about this. It doesn't matter what the intention was, even if it was solely a PR move to make herself look better ahead of the reunion. It doesn't matter because the families of the victims are benefiting. And I'll tell you one thing, they don't give a shit whether it's coming from Diana or someone else. I'm sure that they are thrilled to get that money. So I don't know. I think that was a classy move. I'm not mad at her for that. I just felt the same way Garcelle and Crystal, I think we're feeling in that moment of like, just give up the earrings. Even if the sole reason is to make yourself look better in public perception, these people will now get that money. That should make you feel good. It's like a win-win all around. And Erica couldn't like process that that would be a thing she would do if nobody was making her do it. We now know in present day after this went down, she was ordered to give the earrings up. But I just think like the outcome probably would have been the same anyway. She has to give the earrings up. It would look so much better if she had just done it. And also this whole meltdown on TV is really not helping the cause. It'd be one thing to read in the headlines, you know, Erica's not giving up the earrings until court ordered. Fine. We'd probably read that. It would go in one ear or out the other. But to now see like her thought behind it and asking like, what facts? How do we know if there are victims? Really just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I even think it would have been fine if she was like, I'm not prepared to do that yet. I think that potentially doing it without being asked could be perceived as an admission of guilt. And I feel terrible, but for the current moment, I'm going to hold on to them until I have better counsel. If she said something like that, maybe. I even think that would have been received better. It wasn't so much to me about whether or not she was giving up the earrings. It was her entire tone. It was once she started to question whether there even were victims in the first place and almost started to gaslight the women as to the like basic facts of the situation, that was really upsetting. I mean, even for Rinna, who loves drama and and fiends off this shit to be like, we are removing you from the situation because you're about to say something that cannot be taken back. I felt like at a certain point, Erica couldn't believe that these women were like, quote, buying into all of the stories that they were reading. And like, she was almost spiraling into like, well, none of it's true. And you can't, how can you believe anything that I haven't said myself? And it's like, there's facts, like facts are the facts. Like there's people who are dead and there are families who are owed money. I know the bar is so low, but I was glad and I really commended Kyle in this moment specifically for really standing up for Erica and helping her understand like I can't defend that as a friend like I can't when you say things like that which whether you mean them or not are indefensible and I feel like it was almost a little bit of a wake-up call and it also allowed other women in the group like Dorit to follow along and I think in Crystal and Garcelle's eyes, even if it's 0.1%, it gave them like a little bit of a better view of Kyle of like, okay, maybe she has a backbone and she is able to stand up for her own morals. Well, I think the counter argument to that in terms of Kyle is yes, she stood up to Erica, but I think where a lot of people were kind of critiquing her is it seems like her reason for standing up was almost centering herself of like, if you do this, I can't defend you. Hence, it will kind of rock the alliance. Not like you as my fellow human being and friend you can't speak like this. This is wrong. It it wasn't so much that whether or not this is how she meant it, the way that she phrased it was kind of like, I am looking out for myself here in fear of you saying something that makes you look so bad that then makes me look so bad to the point where I can't defend you. And then that kind of crumbles this whole alliance situation. I, I, 
am willing to give her the benefit of the doubt that it was both, meaning she didn't want to be in a situation where she had to defend that, but also she was genuinely horrified at Erica feeling this way. I mean, I think that most people with a pulse would be, but I can understand how people were critical of that delivery. Right. And same thing with Rinna sort of whisking Erica away that early. Yeah, it was for Erica to like take a breath, but it was also so that Erica didn't say anything on camera that would be indefensible for her, would make Erica look worse, or would maybe, I don't know, take them down in some way. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think Erica's off her rocker. No part of me thinks that she is this great person. However, if you're Rinna and you're her best friend, I think it would have made Rinna look so much worse if she didn't whisk her away. You know what I mean? Like whether or not we like Erica, if you're her best friend, the only sound thing you can do in that situation is get her off camera as soon as physically possible. Right. That's like, I feel like if let's say we were in this situation it's almost like, okay, where are we burying the body? You know, like at some yeah. point you got to just support your friend and you got to do what you got to do. Right. And it wasn't as if Rena was defending her in the moment. She just was getting her out of there. Yeah. I also think Erica was totally drunk. Well, that's the thing, <laughs> which is really like the DJ Khaled, congratulations, you played yourself me because Garcelle, the very person that gently questioned what's going on with her and alcohol is then the person that unintentionally got this rise out of her that ended up making her look so much worse, probably partially prompted by alcohol. So really the moral of the story in any of these episodes is that Garcelle always comes out on top. I mean, that's just the moral of my life. (laughs) Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile It helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Two quick things before we get into the Atlanta finale, because you and I didn't even discuss either of these ourselves. The first is Taylor from Southern Charm posts on our story. Disclaimer to everyone, Shep and I are broken up. We've kept a cordial relationship, but I appreciate not hearing what my ex is up to while I'm still trying to heal. Thanks in advance. 
which, I mean, for the last, what, month or so, they had been posting on each other's stories and it seemed like, are they just friends? Are they back together? What's the deal? So let's say they really were just friends, as she's saying. I could totally envision a world where Bravo fans think that Taylor is back with Shep. They see him out at a bar in Charleston or wherever he is making out with someone and they thinking they're doing like the good Samaritan thing are DMing Taylor to say, Hey, don't know what the deal is with you and Shep, but just want to let you know, this is what he was up to last night. Meanwhile, she's like, I don't want to know anything. (laughs) Probably more than once a weekend, probably like 10 times in a weekend knowing Shep. This is the clarity that we even needed because we've been on the last couple of weeks saying, all of this stuff about their relationship and how we're so happy that they're out of it while simultaneously watching their stories when he's over at her house meeting the new puppy and things like that and seeming really cordial, which is great, but also knowing them, it could be a non-off situation. So I'm just like very relieved and at peace to know that this is where it stands, which is not together, but on good terms. And please stop telling her the shit that he's up to. That was like best case scenario, you know? Yeah. Agree. Yeah. The second thing, this is not really a story. I just kind of want to talk about it for a second because we got so many DMs about this last week because I guess when Carl and Lindsay posted about their engagement, people were really analyzing the comments. And it seemed like Danielle wasn't really that active in the comments. I don't think she really commented on anything and also didn't post herself about them being engaged, which if her and Lindsay were on the terms they always were on, her posting would have been the norm. So a lot of people are in our DMs like, what the hell is going on with Danielle and Lindsay? And I don't know, but I absolutely think something because they were too close for there to be nothing. I, like it has to be. Yeah. And it has to be something legit because they were really like sisters. And what makes me sad is Lindsay going through this really amazing time in her life with Carl, who is one of Danielle's close friends also, who they've all spent so much time together I think as couples, but also just as friends and living and going through this experience together. So for them to not be on good terms right now, just it's really sad. I mean, Summerhouse filmed, and I'm sure if this timeline all matches up, it will definitely expose what was going on. But yeah, that was a huge red flag immediately because they're usually all over each other's social media. And then a huge explosive moment like this, forget it. The silence was deafening. Yeah. I mean, it always brings us to the question that we talk about, I feel like alone all the time, which is obviously I think everyone is so happy for Carl and Lindsay. They went through a lot and they found their person who they, you know, funny enough had kind of been each other's person for years now, but there's a part of it that I think still feels just like a little bit bizarre. It makes so much sense, but you're so used to seeing them in the context of being brother and sister. And so if we as the viewer maybe just feel a hint of that, I do wonder what is the rest of the cast think? Again, I am sure they are thrilled for them, but what is that bringing up in terms of the dynamics with everyone else? Right. And also what does Lindsay in a relationship look and feel like? Like, did it change her? What is Carl like? What are the two of them together like? You know, they're very different together than they are as individuals. And it really probably shook the dynamic in a way that maybe they weren't expecting. I am dying for Summerhouse. So excited. Oh my God. You know, we love and thrive off of Summerhouse. Lo- like, truly. You specifically. It, yeah, it really, it really does it for me. My Summerhouse is your Miami. Yes, for sure. Oh my God. Isabel and I were having dinner with someone a few nights ago and we were just talking about all things Bravo. And she's like, Yeah, I watch everything. She's like, You know, the only one I really wasn't into is Miami. She's like, And I just. 
I don't know. I didn't really like Julia. <laughs> we look at each other. We're like, all right, how are we going to handle this? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we'll start with the farm and then we'll get into the wife and then we'll get into the looks and then we'll get into the sweet personality. Like I just started giving like a 10 point PowerPoint of why Julia is such a cool, amazing person and also such an incredible housewife. And I think, I think we sold her. I feel like we've been waiting our whole lives for someone to just express even the slightest bit of dissatisfaction with Miami because we had our entire PowerPoint ready to go. We're like, well, right. here are the reasons that you're going to like it. Starting with the saturation on the screen. Did you notice that the colors were more vibrant than normal? Right. Like Larsa Pippen is there. Is is there anything else you need besides that? Yeah. We literally pulled it right out of our pocket. Like I've been waiting for this one. Right. Like <laughs> you may not know this, but we actually host a podcast weekly <laughs> where all we do is talk about Miami, which did you see uh, Lisa... Instagrammed and, and Lenny liked it. Not that that means anything, yeah. but it is just interesting to note. Maybe they're getting along for today. Yeah, for today. Okay, Atlanta finale. She by Sheree. She by Sheree fashion show. 14 years in the making, and from the looks of it, it could have been 14 weeks. She did the damn thing, though. She did, and I am so happy for her, truly, because I think her biggest fear was doing this, and it Fashion show, no fashions. Right. You know, and, and it, it, there was fashion. It did, it did what it had to do, but the aftermath of it was really, um, fire was really festival. something to see. Yeah. Fire festival. What happened was from my understanding, when the episode aired, they then did this sort of like cool live activation where you could then immediately right after go shop on the website the shop button on her site was broken. There was no customer service. And I think generally people were a bit um, disappointed in what was offered by She by Sheree. It felt a little more merch and workout gear center than I think they were expecting. But look, you got to hand it to her. She did it. She pulled it off. She's proud of it. Everybody showed up for her and really motivated her. And she had a redemption moment. I mean, I didn't even think about that, that every time people would talk about her, see her out, and even like she would do any appearances, She by Sheree was what was on everybody's mind. And they call her She by Sheree. And for her, that was sort of a pain point because she felt like it was a failure. So to have this redemption moment, the finale of her return to Atlanta was such a special moment. And I had so much fun watching it. And People were popping up left and right. Like you couldn't turn. Boom, Apollo. Boom, Peter Thomas. Boom, Dwight. Boom, Tyrone. Like it was wild. Tyrone, you know, I have no interest in him. You you no. can kindly get off of my screen. Prison Bay, goodbye. You know, for his grand excuse after all this time to be that she was taping and he didn't want any involvement in that and it wasn't good parole wise, all of that is totally fine. A simple phone call would have sufficed. A simple text message would have sufficed. Yeah, it it would have been so much less traumatizing if he had just canceled on her. Like before she got in the car, before any of that, if he had canceled on her and she had to say, oh, he actually can't do it. Then the embarrassment. Embarrassment is something that is, I think, impossible to bounce back from. And for her to be humiliated like that also on camera, also while all of her friends are anxiously like, oh, Sheree is meeting with Tyrone. And then she gets back and say, yeah, he stood me up for hours and hours. And now the entire world has to watch me live through that. I mean, that's unforgivable in my book on top of a million other things that he's done and also just why he's not right for her. And she deserves the world. 
I say this all the time. I think that embarrassment is one of the most disorienting emotions. It really throws you for a loop because you don't even have the space to like process how you're actually feeling because you're so concerned and so focused on how it looks. So it's just like, it really throws you for a loop. Yeah, no. And it definitely threw Shirai for a big, big loop. Also, I know last week I was coming down kind of hard on Apollo with the, you know, keep my wife's name out your mouth with him talking bad about Phaedra. But he walked down that runway in that red and (laughs) I thought he looked pretty good. I was like, hmm, Apollo, not looking too bad. <laughs> yeah, would hit. <laughs> yeah. I will say that if I'm sure, I think that probably nothing feels better than having Dwight there and knowing that he wasn't feeling this overwhelming disappointment. No, I think that was a gap that she needed filled in her heart for over a decade and probably went to bed that night feeling so satisfied. Mm-hmm. The scene with Marlo and her mom was pretty intense. Very intense. I was not expecting that. We've gotten a lot of scenes with Marlo's family, and I have to commend all of them for opening up for the cameras and to all of the world to see sort of like what they've gone through. I mean, we've seen Marlo for years, and she's opened up about a lot of things, but now that she actually had the time to explain it all and have these conversations, I feel like we understand her a lot more. And she's had some low moments this season, you know, picking with a fight with Candy and just some things that she's done and said, but watching her home life story has been very eye-opening. It just gives you a lot of insight into why she operates the way that she does. Yes, absolutely. It does. The reunion looks amazing. I mean, the preview with Candy and Marlo really going at it. That's what we were talking about a few weeks ago, where it's like present day, there's some shit going on. And what you're going to see on the reunion is so much more representative of that. Yeah. It looks like an incredible reunion. They know how to do a reunion. So I'm the least bit worried, even if there wasn't like the most amount of drama or things that I'm dying to know about from the season, they are just so entertaining. And I know it's going to be a good one. Yeah, always. Is there anything else that you would like to mention? I think that's it for this week. Okay, well, we will be back for our regular episode on Monday and then Kardashians and then Bravo like normal next Friday, Southern Charm and all of it. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. 